Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon with Brandon One Pickups. Hey, everybody. It's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled that you are listening to our show. We feel like you're, like you're right here, like crowding the sofa with us. Um, socially right. distant though yes socially distant crowding the sofa i like it yes <laughs> having a glass Go ahead of whiskey re- reach down in between those cushions and see if you can find an m&m i bet there's some quarters there. right yes um well tony baloney fig newton yes <laughs> a fig newton he's he's starting to dream of all the delicious <laughs> things he could find out maybe i'll find Pop a fig tarts newton. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, are great because they have there. that <laughs> they have that shell to protect the chocolate oh, for all those years it's in the couch. There's that pork chop I left down in there. <laughs> all right. Tony, what are we doing on this show? Oh, well, last I checked, we like to talk about gear, specifically boutique gear. Mm-hmm. Even more specifically, we like to talk to the builders and the movers and the shakers of the boutique gear industry. And that would be things like amplifiers, pedals, mm-hmm. guitars, yep. basses, mm. uh, accessories, mm. all the fun stuff. Yeah. We like to get the story behind the story. That's right. And sometimes we like to do the 101 shows in which we learn about, you know, basic things about the guitar that maybe not everybody knows. That's true. That's true. Or speakers or amps or whatever. Um, all the things. Who do we have on the show tonight? Louis Scooty from Cerro Guitars. Where are you calling from? Uh, my shop slash garage slash sweatshop, Pueblo, Colorado. Pueblo, Colorado. Ooh, Beautiful area. Way Beautiful over there. Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've apparently never been here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been to Estes Park. Oh jeez, yeah, no, that's no. Then you just you have no reason to come through here. It's just the black hole of Colorado. <laughs> well, it's your. Well, I'm not going to touch that with. Anyways, um, okay, so uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Sarah guitars tonight. It's going to be really, really great, and hopefully, um, you guys don't mind. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of background noise because he's working in a shop making awesome guitars for you guys. So. Uh, please bear with us with that. Um, and, uh, we're going to be just fine. It's going to be super fun time. We got lots to talk about, so let's get on with it. We have a few announcements that we want to hit. Um, number one, you know where this is coming from, Tony? Road? That's right. Road, uh, for providing our Roadcaster Pro, this awesome machine that is capturing our voices and helping make our podcast a reality. And if you need to make your podcast a reality, you might want to check one of these out. Um, they are crazy affordable, totally portable. There's nothing else that rhymes with that word. So I'm not going to try, but, um, you know, this is one of those things that when you get sometimes it's kind of like, uh, like, maybe even like old multi-effects puddles like you buy it that's it that's all it's ever going to be but these guys are really really sharp with the technology because they're constantly changing the you know updating it and and not updating it because it's broken but they're making it better so they're adding new features they're 
constantly doing that. They listen to the users of these things. It'd be, it'd be great if this button was this color instead of this color. Hmm, that makes sense. Let's try that. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, very solid product. Also, the Procaster mics, which of course we've been using for years and we love them. So thank you so much to Rode for providing that for us. Um, they are our friends and we like them very much. Okay, so there's that. Also, I got a really interesting email that I'd like to share here. Um, it says, uh, I, I'm, it's weird. I've got a lot of Italian friends emerging in the world right now. My, my, the two people that I work with, uh, that own the company, um, our guest tonight. And then, um, Mark Luciani, I think I got that right. Uh, and the subject says bass says, uh, Hey knobs. First thing you guys do a great job with the guitar knobs podcast. I discovered it over a year ago and I'm still working through all the episodes. We encourage that. Please go back and check out all the awesome guests we have, but don't go like way, way to the first, the first couple episodes just bypass that altogether. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, skip one through 12. Yeah. Um, I think that's when Tony made it on. So that's why he's saying that. Um, so, no. uh, <laughs> he says, I love everything to do and anything to do with guitar, amps, pedals, music, and the people behind the products. So do we, um, I've learned so much listening to your podcast. Thank you. I, we love learning every single time on the show as well. Uh, he says, uh, what I would like to ask is if you would consider doing more podcasts related to bass guitar. I've heard a few episodes that were bass related and or touched on basses, but I could use more. Uh, I think maybe one of our most prominent ones was Sarek, uh, Sarek basses. Those things are so awesome. It makes me want to be a bass player, man. Oh my gosh. He's right. We don't do bass that often. We should pop in some bass people here. Yeah. And it's not a matter of like, we don't want to, there's just, you know, it's just uh, one of those things. We're not as uh, plugged in. I really don't think there's that many bassists out there. (laughs) There's not that many, but it, it doesn't seem like there's that many bass guitars, bass guitar makers on a level that are, um, I guess maybe consumer, uh, level without getting like, you know, I've got a nine string, the, you know, purple the, wood kind of thing, you know, I would say in the 10 uh, years I've been doing this, I think I've probably gotten a total of, I would be surprised if it was six bass inquiries. Yeah. Well, for well, actual know, bass, there are guitar builders. There are guitar builders that also build basses too. Yes, you that's know. true. Can we just talk about guitars and lower voices? That's, oh, well played, Tony. I like that. Anyway, so he says, I've heard a few episodes that were bass related and or touched on bass, but I could use more. There are a few bass related podcasts out there, but I have not found a single one that is nearly uh, entertaining as educational as yours. Wow. Thank you very much. I did want to read that out loud because it, you know, makes, I th- we like that. We really appreciate yeah. it. I think maybe he just wanted you guys to start talking in bass your voices. Yes. Yeah. That could be. I can do That's that. Basso profondo. <laughs> Please do <laughs> some more bass related content. I promise yeah. to become a grand poobah if you do. I don't know what else he could have meant. Yeah. But I like the promise of a grand poobah right there. So anyways, thank you, Mark, for sending that in. And we're going to look into it. I think if we can get like four or five other people around the, like the general vicinity of like what Sarek is doing, that would be amazing. Um, Otherwise it's like huge manufacturers. What was his name? What was his name? Mark Luciani. 
Luciani. Yeah. Mark, I build bases, so don't be scared to check us out. Hey, oh. Yeah. There we go. Well, I will tell you this. In my experience, bass players are a lot more open to uh, unusual designs, unusual yes. features, maybe more so than guitar players. So I, I think it's something that we should really take a good look at. They're a little yeah. more open-minded. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, so that's uh, that's some announcement-y type stuff. We appreciate those emails. We love when people send them in. Um, so please, if you got some thoughts or you'd like to hear somebody or, or somebody like that we need to know about, we don't know everybody. We're constantly discovering new people. And a lot of it is because people say, hey, you should check these people out. Um, so do that, will you? Jeez. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh, motor on to what is going on in our music worlds this week. Tony Baloney is going to lead us off and then we'll jump over to Lewis. Okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Well, I, I, uh, I actually, I did a, I, I think it's a really cool project this, this past week. And, uh, I'm real, I think what made it even better is it came out better than I expected. Um, I posted, uh, something on Instagram too, that, that shows, uh, the progress or the, or the befores and afters, I guess you'd say. So I had a customer, local customer, uh, big Jack white fan that, uh, actually bought a, a 1964 uh, airline resoglass. I think J.B. Hutton was the actual model. J.B. Hutton was apparently a, a player in the 60s that, uh, that, that airline made this model for. And it's the, you know, we call it the Jetson model, or now, of course, it's known as the Jack White model. Um, so he bought this, and the pick guard that was on it was the original but it's completely different than the one that's on Jack White's model. And apparently, as the story goes, the Jack, when he bought his guitar, uh, it came without a guard. So he had somebody make a guard for him that was really, you know, pretty radically different from the original guard, but looks pretty cool. So, uh, so my customer brought it in and said, I really want this to look like Jack's guitar. So, um, I had to do a little bit of templating and, you know, lined up a few things and uh, cut one out. And I think it, I mean, in my eye, it looks almost dead on to the one that's on on Jack White's guitar now. So I, I always like it when a project comes out better than I expected and, you know, in this case, faster than I expected. Uh, usually it takes a, a try or two, but I nailed this one on the first time through. So I was very happy about that. So when are you going to do one for Jack? Hey, all he has to do is drop me a line. I'll take care of the, I'll take care of the, you know, he was the drummer for Goober and the Peas way back in the day when I used to see him. So, yeah. <laughs> is he from your area? He's from Detroit. So oh, okay. Detroit's not terribly far. I'm, originally from northeastern ohio and my wife uh went to school in toledo so they goober and the peas played a lot in toledo the glass city yes is that really what it's called i didn't know that yeah yeah they made glass owing, up there? owing no owings corning is is up there that's how they yeah. say it up north owings corning owings corning yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah i was i was i I grew up close to. Toledo, yeah, that's right. So. You did too. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, over in Fremont. That, that's 
That's a great story. Uh, Lewis, how about yourself? What is oh, going yes. on in your music world this week? Honestly, mostly just making the musical instruments. I, I, I don't have as much time as I would like to play and and uh, make the music like I used to. I, I guess luckily that's because I've been busy enough that I don't have time to. So most of my week usually just consists of making the stuff that somebody else is going to end up making good music with, hopefully. Well, or that, bad music. That's, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's not uncommon. <laughs> I wanted to take that as an insult, but it was too funny and yeah. possibly too true, but I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I never thought about that. Uh, Great. Oh, that's Jared. Oh, yes. So, um, something kind of odd happened to me this week as far as the pickup thing. Um, a fella emailed me through the old evil bay and asked me for a left-handed wide range pickup. And I emailed back and I said, the way the wide range pickup is made also goes into left-handed guitars. And he said, yeah, but the holes, um, if, if no one here understands what they look like, when you look at it, there's three holes on, on the top row that are exposed and then caddy corner will be the three holes on the bottom mm-hmm. are exposed. So this gentleman thought that they were going to be switched in which they are not made. They are not made that way. They don't make covers like that. They don't exist. And I said, so I explained him to that. I said, I'll just send you a regular one. And he said, okay. So time came for his thing to be built. I built this pickup, sent it to him. And, and Two days later, I get a return notice. <laughs> he said, uh, yeah, this isn't set up for left-handed. I said, I said, it's universal, my friend. It's wouldn't you it's just the rotate same. it? You can't rotate it. It'll if you rotate it, no, I, I the just holes mean, will be in you... the same place. Huh. Yeah, if I, I, I if mean, you couldn't dr- you wouldn't you just flip it 180 degrees before you put it into the pickup ring or pickup? No. No, it's the same thing. It's it's redundant because there's six magnets on each row, yeah, and there are only, only three, three that expose. Yeah. And in the design that it is, if you if you rotate it, it, the holes will be in the same place. Yeah, so that's well, that's what I'm saying. Like it it would work in a right or left handed guitar regardless. Regardless, it doesn't matter. It if you made a left handed one. An actual left-handed stagger, if they existed, they would sound the exact same. So what what was it he was confused about? (laughs) That's what he was confused about. He he thought that the if the holes were staggered the opposite way, that it would sound different. Mm. Because that that was just his mind messing with with his logic. Then he may as well have spelled Fender backwards. Yeah, you know. Couldn't you have just put the could put the cover upside down? (laughs) <laughs> no because the holes end up in the same okay so, so the moral of the so story there we go. is the moral of the story is that those are uh, there are no left handed they, they, they are universal left handed guitar players should just hang it up because the pickups are the same <laughs> buy a junior a, a double double cutaway junior and you're good buy a strap no I sent him a I even sent him a picture of a Fender uh, custom left-handed with a normal 
pickup that I, you know, the same one that I sent him. So, uh-huh. yeah. So for everybody out there, please understand that the wide range pickup is the way it is, even for left-handed. That's the moral of the story. Okay. Or you could spend a couple thousand dollars and have left-handed covers made. <laughs> I have blank That's, covers. I'll drill the holes. That makes the most sense. <laughs> yeah. That makes the most sense. Yeah. Excellent story, Jared. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, amazing. Yeah. It's truly I, amazing. It sounds like you're really excited about I it. I am. That's a good one. It's a good one that you had. Okay, so it is, um, it is hard to how about you, Todd? Sarcastic or not? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Well, uh, last last time we talked, I'm going to be the one who's doing a continuation thing, which I don't normally do, but I'm going to do for you guys. Um, so Tony, we were talking about the, those Kurt Mangan strings, and Tony um, Tony hooked me up with some because uh, yep. he's a dealer, and I put those on, and I was just absolutely blown away at how good they sounded i am not an acoustic connoisseur okay i am not a great acoustic player i like playing it but i know that i it's just it, it's i'm not i'm just not as good as it at it okay so um i've always struggled with it i don't know why maybe if i played it more i wouldn't be so bad at it but i do appreciate that it sounded so much better uh, than the strings that I had on previously, which just sounded kind of dull and just fat and didn't have a lot of life to it. Um, I think they were they they were coated strings of some sort. I can't even remember the the kind that I got because you know, you're not talking about your Epiphone, are you? I'm talking about both of them, the Epiphone and the Art Art and Luthery one. Uh, well, the uh, the Epiphone one you have sounds. It's the best sounding acoustic that I've I've heard, other than like Martins or higher end guitars. You should hear it for, now, dude. For some reason, that guitar that you have just—it's magical. It just sounds so good. I it's appreciate so weird. that. I, it's I know because there, there's another guitar player that lives inside the guitar. <laughs> That's not false. So, um, <laughs> here's the thing: the, those those strings, they feel better. They I don't know. I don't know why they just everything feels better and the sound of it. I couldn't. I, I was so surprised at how much better they actually sounded. We have no affiliation with Kurt Mangan. We don't have like I was just trying strings. I'm like, I, well, you do, but I'm the one telling the story. So, um, the you know, I stand to gain nothing by saying that other than hey, if you are checking out some new strings and to be specific, these are the Monel, the Monel strings, M O N E L. Uh, and, uh, the way that I got turned on to them for those who maybe didn't hear, I won't do the long version, but, uh, Nick Greer and I were hanging out and, um, he was, he had a, uh, from Greer amplification. If you don't know that, check them out. Awesome stuff. Uh, and he started playing this acoustic and I was like, Oh my gosh, what is that guitar must be incredible. And he's like, it's the strings, man. And he told me what they were. And I was like, well, holy crap. Now I got to play those because <laughs> it just sounded fantastic. So I was really, really happy with it. And it's the kind of, when you get something like either, whether it's a guitar or a pedal or something that is causing you to just not want to put the thing down, that's really a good sign. So cool. I'm very happy with those. And I'm looking forward to putting uh, the electric set 
on my Hagstrom Viking. Very curious to see what's going to happen. I'm going to do that this Could weekend. Could you say the name again of those strings? Kurt Mangan. Mangan. C-U-R-T-M-A-N-G-A-N. And they're hmm. Monel strings, M-O-N-E-L. Kurt Mangan, sweet. Yeah, and they're not bronze. Tony, can you mention what they are? Yeah, so the Monel strings um, apparently are similar to strings that were available at the turn of the century. I mean, the very earliest steel strings uh, were made from the Monel, which apparently is a steel uh, steel derivative, or it, it, it's a form of steel. It's super hard. Um, the I think we... Did we get you the... Yeah, we got the round cores, which again are similar to the early, you know, the 1910s, uh, 1920s I have, I have some strings. math, Yes. 67% pure nickel, 30% yep. copper, 3% yep. magic juice that contains magic magnesium, juice. zinc, and other elements. Yes. Nice. Making hmm. Monel resistant to salt waters and sweat. <laughs> How about that? Hmm. Well, there you have it. What else do we need play, to say? <laughs> you can play it in the ocean. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I could. Because it would, it would probably sound better. Um, <laughs> anyhow, cool. So that's really neato. And um, so that was a good little high spot in my guitar week. Um, just like this. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. Lewis Scooty from Cerro Guitars. Let's hear your four on the floor. Well, uh, the four on the floor would have to be uh, I, the one pedal I just can't ever live without because it, uh, I, I would be too exposed as a bad player if I didn't have it. it would have to be a reverb pedal. Um, and it's probably, <clears throat> I have a 64, original 64 Fender Spring Reverb Tank, so I don't know if that's technically considered a pedal, but I do keep it on the floor. Okay. I have stepped on, I have stepped on it before. It's a big pedal. That counts. <laughs> uh-huh. it, I think it actually has an input for a pedal to do something that I've never used. Um, Probably on and off, but but I actually also have. I don't really use that thing that much because I try and try and keep it from falling apart. But I have a a, a source audio. Um, uh, what is it? I can't believe I can't remember what it's called. Source audio. Is it the True Spring? Source audio True Spring. Source audio True Spring Reverb. I'm going to say that's what it is. I'm almost 90% positive. You are correct, sir. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and like I said, that thing's been great. It honestly probably still has more knobs and depth and control than I need, but it's probably one of the closest sounding like spring reverbs to a true spring reverb tank I've ever heard. Um, awesome. That's a new one for us. What's that? The, what you just said, the Source Audio True Spring. We haven't had that on the show before. Oh really? Yeah, yeah it's I, I've I've fallen in love with it. It's even cool with the fact that you can you hook it up to your phone with a one eighth jack cable, and you can use the app to upload new. I didn't even know a one eighth cable could transfer that type of data. Mm. Um, but you can use it to customize settings and stuff. Uh, after that, would probably just be uh, a very very simple uh, delay pedal, and honestly, one of my favorite ones. I, I'm not a digital guy, but is uh, an analog style. And honestly, probably one of my favorite ones is that carbon copy deluxe just because oh, yeah. it's simple and it has to have a tap on there. Uh, more so just whenever I'm playing with a drummer, you know, I have to have a tap. Um, third, and this is going to sound, probably sound super cliche, but I really do like Klon style pedals because I've never, 
that that probably more so depends on the amp that I'm playing through. Like I said, my my main amp, I I don't need any sort of game pedal with that, just because it's got more than enough of that on tap. What is it? But um, what is your? It's a uh, it's an old Samson era Bad Cat Hot Cat Thirty. Okay. So if anybody on here or out there doesn't know that Samson era stuff is. Uh, which I'm assuming most of you probably already know, but it's uh, the Mark Sampson when he left Matchless and went and started uh, Bad Cat. Uh-huh. It's his like very early stuff because it's really cool because if you open it up, it actually has a ton of Matchless labeled parts in there. <laughs> the, capac- the capacitors, the resistors, I think even the transformers say Bad Cat on there. So that's how you know if you have an old uh, Samson Era one. Um, they're just—I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm pretty good buddies with John Thompson, the current owner, and I know they're making really good stuff now. But that Samson Era stuff is kind of the revered stuff for just how it was made and the Celestian style speaker that's in there. It's supposed to be a lot different than the current one that's in there. And honestly, it's just probably the most well-rounded amp I've ever played. But whole point of that being is I don't, I, that's why I don't really run a gain pedal into there. Right. Fourth pedal, it would be uh, the sick as by Bondi effects. Oh yeah. I know that that's kind of in the clon element, but that pedal is one of the most beautiful, beautiful from, I, I would say it is kind of in the, I don't even want to say it's in the clown realm. I think it does its own thing, but mm. going from a beautiful clean boost to plenty of gain that I would ever need, those would that would probably be I actually I might even put that above the clown style is that Bondi effects uh mm-hmm. uh sick ass. And then his Del Mar was amazing too. Yeah. But this isn't five on the floor. It's no. four on the floor. The sick ass is a that that's a fantastic sounding pedal. It's hard that's to That's a sick ass pedal is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um those are uh, those are usually a, a um, I always thought that they were really expensive, but they're they're not. Well, that, no, if you bought them when they first came out, they weren't expensive. But now that he's kind of like you know only making them every now and then, they've kind of turned into you know whatever you want to call it, hard to get, expensive to get. Yeah, yeah. Well, there. I would know. also. I I'd love to try his delay pedal too. I've never the uh, Art Vandelay, which is the greatest mm. name ever created. Yeah. He, he, I bet he's like, how has nobody used this before? <laughs> oh, that was just, and it took me at least a month to get it. And I'm an avid Seinfeld fan. And it took me about a month of looking at that name before it finally clicked. <laughs> I, I've never gotten to try it, but I, if it's anything like all his other stuff, I'll guarantee you it's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, you guys can check out the, uh, the there's quite a few of them on, um, on uh, reverb and stuff. Uh, Cause those are, they're coming from Australia. And yeah, they are now. They were coming from uh, where was he when he was here? Oh, he was in I want to say Tennessee or mm. Michigan, something up there. But yeah, now they're coming all the way from down under. Yeah, well, yeah, the old ones are old ones are going for you know about four fifty three three fifty oh, to four fifty. But the newer ones are you can get a, a pre, pretty much a brand new one for about two fifty nine. Which is still really about a third of the price of a clone. So, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, cool man. Well, thank you for sharing your four on the floor. We uh, mm-hmm. it's one of our favorite uh, ep- um, segments of our podcast. And um, if you are interested in the floor, more four on the floors, people out there, and you're like, wow, this one was really, this one was really cool. I'd like to hear more. You can hear them on the podcast. You can also go to our website 
and we've got a, a page that is dedicated to the foreign floor. And if you scroll that page, you're going to see every one of your favorite builders who, and they have submitted their favorites uh, for pedals. So I think we've clocked over 400 pedals at this point. So um, lots to see on there, people just saying. All right. Uh, we want to give a big fat thanks to John Fiddle, uh, J-O-N-F-I-N-T-E-L. He's a uh, recording engineer and music producer. He is fantastic at dialing in awesome guitar tones. Uh, he recorded my band. He's a friend of ours. He's been on the show. He lended, uh, he lent a lot of great advice to us for, uh, as guitar players going into a recording session, what do we need to know? You can look at that in our, in our archive on our website or on Spotify or wherever. Uh, so if you're planning to go record, that'd be a good one to listen to. Uh, anyways, so he's been helping us out with our, uh, you know, keeping us afloat with a place to record when we weren't in COVID, you know, uh, bonanza, whatever mode. Yeah. COVID, <laughs> COVID, mode. COVID eclipse, apocalypse or whatever. Um, yeah. anyways, so, uh, we'll be back there hopefully pretty soon, but, uh, he's a great guy and he understands guitars and that's really important if you're going in to record. So if you have questions, if you want to, uh, submit your stuff or, or get it mastered or whatever, give him a holler, John at relay recording.com. All right. We're going to move onward and upward. Well, at least onward. Uh, to learn more about Cerro Guitars. Now, Mr. Man, Mr. Lewis, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what is Cerro? What is that? What is the word? Where does that come from? <laughs> uh, well, it's funny. It actually, it was supposed to, it was a combination of my buddy and I's last names because we were supposed to go into it together. His name was, well, his last name was Lucero and my last name being Scooty. So I just combined the two being Saro, not realizing at the time that I kind of gave him more of his last name than <laughs> I really did mine. I really probably should have pronounced it Scaro, but yeah. I just never liked the way it sounded. And he, he, he never ended up really doing any of it with me. Well, he didn't do any of it with me, but we're still really, really good buddies. Nothing bad in those terms. So that's oddly where the, uh, the uh, name came from and I had many people tell me to change it but by the time I launched it and started selling guitars I had already sold so many that it just didn't really seem all that wise to uh, to uh, to change it right well yeah once you got something that works go for it um, you have a, a pretty uh, it's very Italian-y on the <laughs> like your models and stuff. I mean, you, you no, you, you, that's exactly it. Like I said, I'm I'm almost full blooded Italian, so I just I just started coming up with uh, Italian abbreviation, not abbreviations, translations of of stuff. If, if you if you did the actual translation, you probably realize they're not all that clever, but they sound pretty. So that's all that matters. Yeah. So Tony, your your Italian <laughs> accent is awesome. Uh, there's one called the Dop. Doppio? How do you? How would you say that in Italian? Doppio. Doppio. Oh, sorry, Tony. You do, no, no, no. You do that so like well, this. Tony. <laughs> no. Is it it's Doppio. Oh my goodness! Kidding. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, that that is is a doppio. Yeah. And All it right. Just, it's it's literally just Italian for double. Oh, it's also Italian for strat. It looks like on here too. So 
It's well, a, yeah, but no, yeah, no, that's it. It's it, but it's because a lot of people call the strat a double cut, and doppio is Italian for double. Ah, so I did make a. It's a strat body with uh, Telecaster appointments, and mm-hmm. I did dub it the Stracciatelli. <laughs> I, I I have one called the the Allianza. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. I don't. I don't remember what that translates to. Actually, I might look that up. Confused. <laughs> you know what? Actually, you know what? Hold on. Actually, I think I remember it. I think it translates to eclectic. Oh yeah. well, that's it. Does look like that. That doesn't. You have some very familiar feeling looking guitars, but you've taken and you said, "Hmm." But what is my spin on these? So. Let's find yeah. out a little bit more about where you're coming from as a designer, as a luthier. What what got you into doing all this? Um, <laughs> well, uh, unemployment mostly. Uh, I I had been <laughs> unemployed for a couple years and uh, unemployed and loving it. Not even gonna lie, but uh, I. I uh, I fell into it just kind of uh, oddly. My uh, my good friend, the one I had mentioned with the with the last name, took me over to his his buddy's his buddy's dad's workshop to to jam one night. And as I was walking through there, there was all these just beautiful custom made guitars that you could just tell they were all one offs and just beautifully made. And I, I had no idea where I was. And he told me, he's like, Oh, it's my friend Jason's dad shop. And I, I didn't think too much about it. And, uh, uh, we, we, we spent the night jamming there and I saw him again, when we were walking out. And then a couple months later, I wanted to buy a guitar and I was going to go buy a Paul Reed Smith guitar. And <clears throat> that same buddy told me, he's like, Oh, you should check out Jason's dad shop who turned out his name was Ed Lynch. And I went down there and I ended up buying a guitar from him because it was beautiful. I had never seen a custom made guitar. I, I guess I was so naive that I didn't realize that human beings actually built guitars. (laughs) So it was just awesome to see. And then I bought another one from him a couple months later and I slowly just started pestering him, just wanting to watch him do it. And, and then, uh, probably, about six months later, I asked him if he te- helped me teach me to build one, and he he's the nicest guy on planet Earth. Uh, he he took the time over the course of like a month to help me build a, a Telecaster guitar, and I just fell in love with doing it. I really had no extensive woodworking history other than being forced to go with my dad on Saturdays to build fences and other boring crap when you're only nine and ten years old. But uh, I literally just fell in love with it. And then probably like a year later, <laughs> I told myself, I go, ah, I can do this for a living. Let's start selling these things. And the, the probably the best and worst decision I ever made, because this was right around like 2009, I think. Yeah, 2009 when I started selling them. And uh, I got so many orders right out the back because I was selling them for way too cheap. <laughs> but I also just wasn't flat out qualified to be building guitars. Right. I mean, I was using top-notch woods and hardware and pickups. Everything was top-notch, but I, I didn't have the resume to be building guitars. I didn't know how to properly set one up. And, yeah, I, I almost got totally ran out of business from a couple of bad uh, gear page threads about uh. me. 
and and after that I literally took I shut down my website and I literally went back for like a year apprenticeship with my who's now one of my best friends Ed Lynch. Let me plug his guitars, EJ Lynch guitars. All right. Because um, I just, I, I wanted to keep doing it, but I couldn't continue to do it as I was because nobody would be buying anything from me anymore. And thank God it, it worked out for the best because once I came back into it full steam, I at least more so knew what I was doing. Hmm. So people tend to work not on curves, but on steps. If you look at most people's like progression in their accomplishments, uh, they go like, yeah, this is really hard. Oh, I'm going to hang out here because this is really easy now. And then they something happens and they probably take a little dip and they go, crap, I got to do something different. And they work really hard and then they you know plateau out a little bit. H- how was your sort of path to get to where you're at right now? Uh, honestly, just starting with the easiest guitar to build out of all. Well, when I started, I, I didn't make any of my own necks. I was I was buying in pre-made necks from USA Custom Guitars, which did, at the time uh, I was using them. They were doing probably every, pretty much almost every single person out there who was selling guitars, whether they want to admit it or not, was using necks from USA Custom. There were very very few people who were actually hand making necks not on a cnc machine not buying them from some pre-made place like that so but that's and that's how i started i just made the bodies because that was the easiest thing to do kind of hard to mess up a body it's still possible because i've done it before Mm -hmm. but um i just started out doing it that way and just slowly and again that i i probably messed up a couple times because i tried to start making necks sooner than i should have been um but that's that's probably the slow progression that I took was just making my own bodies, buying in the next, letting somebody who knew what they were doing make those properly, and just slowly, slowly start to learn how to make next before I felt comfortable actually, you know, offering that to customers. Cause that, that actually turned it kind of odd. That actually turned into like an upgrade I was able to sell customers on was, you know, do you want one that's pre-made that's gonna be great for this price, or do you wanna have the bragging rights of knowing that it was handmade from scratch for a little bit extra. Yeah. I think that's not uncommon with a lot of builders right now. Um, you know, there's sort of the, the, um, the, the, the premium level, um, and, and then some, uh, more affordable approach, which I, you know, I think a lot of builders kind of struggle with, I know Chase Gullet and I have talked about this at length and, uh, you know, from a, a a player's perspective, or someone who wants uh, to buy more guitars or collect guitars, or wants something that is like, "Hey, I really like what this person's doing," but I don't have the X amount of dollars to get mm-hmm. the thing that he's really known for. Mm-hmm. But I can get into his brand at 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 a lower level, and that's usually pretty a, a pretty great way to do it as well so um yeah. it, it it doesn't mean that your guitars are lesser it just means you're allowing somebody else to get get into your brand and hopefully get one of those top level ones at some point yeah and you know and i've had a lot of people recommend that doing that to me because they thought it brought it bring in more business and you know kind of pretty much doing what you said which you know anybody that decides to do that that more power to them it's just with me mm-hmm. 
it doesn't, you, you said, you know, for a lesser price, somebody can get into one of your guitars. That, that with my mindset, it doesn't feel like one of my guitars if somebody else is doing stuff for me. Right. Well, that's if where that the struggle sense. comes in. That's, that's yeah, where yeah, the, the, yeah. the builder struggles. Yeah. I just, yeah, I call it stubbornness or whatever. I, I don't know why I've never been able to wrap my head around doing that, even when it probably seems financially more feasible. Right. Not sure if that was the right word, but maybe no, we could edit that, that out. No, that's, that's, that's all good. I mean, you're, we're literally having that same discussion that, that I've uh, had with, with um, not only Chase, but a couple other builders. And it's weird because I don't know that there's a middle ground to stand on because again, from my perspective, I'm not viewing it as lesser, but from a builder's perspective, they possibly can be like yourself. You know, it's yeah. like, I don't yeah. want to have something with my name on there, but then the person who wants to buy it is like, yeah, but I don't care. Just, I want it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. it's a, uh, you know, wherever you land in the middle of that is, is totally up to you, but it's, um, uh, and I, I can't say that I've never done that for buddies, you know, before just, you know, getting them a, a, a neck for cheap from one of my, places that sell you know yeah uh, i buy parts from places that also sell necks so I'll, I'll get them a neck for cheap and maybe a body for cheap or something like that and i'll finish it for them and all that but i, I won't put my name on it just because yeah. again pride or stubbornness whatever you want to call it but you can yeah, put my I, name I, on it that's fine that's what i'm gonna start doing <laughs> <laughs> well cool now next by time <laughs> so one of the things that i really do appreciate about uh, the guitars, if you go to seroguitars.co, that's .co, um, one of the first ones you'll see up there is a Taglio, which is, did I say that right? Yeah, ta- well, uh, close. Ta- yeah, I think you did. Taglio. Taglio, yeah. Taglio. Taglio. Jared? Taglio! All right. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it sounds like the old grandma I from... I don't uh, think that was any better, guys. No. It sounds like the grandma <laughs> from... from uh, Super chicken. Um, <laughs> I am terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that, that, that one that you're talking about on that front yeah. page is actually one that uh, was custom made for Josh Smith. He's a uh, phenomenal blues player over in L.A. Uh, in that Joe Bonamassa, Kirk Fletcher type genre, and he's good buddies with those guys, just as equally talented. But that guitar is actually a replica of Cornell Dupree's guitar which i had never heard of before but now i'm a big fan of since talking to josh if anybody out there looks up cornell dupree telecaster hopefully they'll see that mine looks i hopefully think pretty dang close to what cornell's was his was a like a super early 70s telecaster that he yanked the pickguard off of um he put those he put these little metal tacks in there in this screw hole place and then um uh, had that bottom plate added. It's a, that's actually it like a upholstery plate. tax. Is that what those are? Yeah, pretty much. And that's yeah. what he used on his. And then he had uh, somebody route and put a Diarmond pickup right in the middle of it. Which that's a uh, all those pickups are wound by Ron Ellis for that guitar. And then um, down at the bottom is a little plate from a uh, oh what is it? It's a Fender. It's like an Esquire or t- something. Or it's from a base. Telecaster base. base, yeah. Tell you, it's tele- from a T base, yeah. Okay. And literally all that switch does is um adds the middle pickup in wherever 
I keep thinking that these people are looking at this guitar. So go and look at this guitar so you understand <laughs> what I'm talking about. Yeah. But it's, yeah. So that, that's who that guitar was for, built for. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I think if we, if we boil it down there, you got mix matched um, pickups, you've got um, unconventional like hardware editions. And those things, when you start to look at some of your other models, it's prevalent across them, but it's not so much to look like jalopy kind of guitar. You're just, you're doing it in in tasteful places. And I I think that 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 gives it like a really cool look, especially like the tono. Um, The tono NK2 is like, man, that thing looks wicked. That one took me a while to get what I was comfortable with, but I've been pretty happy with that one. It's a really interesting shape. It looks familiar, but then when you look at it, you're like, nope, this is different. This isn't just what I think it is. I think that's an outstanding looking guitar. And what we're looking at right now, everybody, is you got to all the metal. It's slightly aged, but it's not overly done and he's got two giant soap bar Jazzmaster pickups in there which is awesome that one that you're talking about that was the actually the very first one i did and probably just one of the best sounding jazz you know it's funny because i don't think a lot of people realize that it's got that anodized it's not even anodized it's just a 6061 aluminum pick guard mm-hmm. but i don't think a lot of people realize those jazz masters have such big pick guards on them People don't really realize, especially with, like I said, that style guitar, because those pick guards are so big. Those those are huge chunks of plastic you're putting on there, which if you've never really realized, plastic doesn't ring that well. You knock on a piece of plastic, <laughs> a, a pick guard sheet, it, it's dead in a half a second. You knock on a big old piece of, you know, 0.06 aluminum, and that thing just rings forever. It's actually crazy how much that big aluminum pick guard on that thing and probably even like a strat tell you probably not gonna notice as much but it actually helps with resonance and sustain because it doesn't have that big hunk of plastic pushing against it that's just killing all that sound yeah yeah definitely i would agree with that anytime when you can kind of put like uh, just enough of a like wait that's different and it actually works and it works really mm-hmm. well that's mm-hmm. hard to do Especially with oh, yeah. familiar designs that we've seen for, you know, 80 years. Yeah, no, it's, I am by no means saying that I've done it well, but I, I respect a lot of guys out there that have been able to take those classic designs and turn it into their own flavor so much so that you want to go with theirs over over the original style, like I yeah. said. So, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that, and I've I got a lot of respect out there for other guys that have been able to do that. Probably one of the hardest ones to do that with was uh, that my, my Lavarado model, which is my my take on a 1959 Les Paul. Right, right. Which, like I said, there's there's guys out there that have done, you know, uh, Tom Bartlett, he's got his retrospect. Uh, my buddy Ian Anderson, he's got his standard design. Um, Johan Gustafsson, he's got his blues master. Like, and, and then my buddy Ed Lynch has, I have the very first version of his 59 inspired. Uh, they're just, all those guys do have done like a beautiful job of taking that iconic Holy Grail guitar, but turning it into their own design. And that's what I tried to do with that Lavarado design. And um, I, I've actually got a s- slight tweak to it that I'm going to be coming out with in the next couple of months once I find time to work on just that. But yeah, no, to kind of wrap up what you said, like I said, I definitely, it's not, <laughs> I do not consider myself artistic or creative. So 
if if somebody sees one of my original designs that they think is cool, kind of like you've been saying, it, chances are that was my thirtieth or fortieth rendition. Sure. Well, um, you know, I am a self-professed non-Strat fan. Okay, I'm not. Me and the Strat are not friends. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at uh, your the uh, dopio, Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and so many people have tried to say, well, I'm going to do a version of a strat, and and you just go like, mm, that's. I don't think that's really possible to. I mean, what did um, the company that turned the strat around and traced it and uh, the strat body, Tony? Mo's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, well. What my my point is, I think that's one of the more successful attempts that I'm looking at right now. Um, especially when you, know, you have that MK2, which I don't know. Yeah, to me, that's it, really it's cool. Different. It's it's oh, it's different that. enough to make me say, okay, that I can get into. I maybe For, yeah, because I don't. I'm not a strat guy, but one of the, that's actually that that one was probably. And even the ones that are on my website are actually like the first versions of me trying to do that, which I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of right now. I think if people saw like the more recent version I've done of that, mm-hmm. it, it, it just, it, the ones that are on the website, a little too pointy, they came off as a little too Ibanez, you know, shredder guitar. Mm. Um, but like I said, that, that one was, that one's been pretty stinking hard to, to come up with a sleek design. Cause that, that double cut shape is just so, has just been redone so many times. Right. That it's really hard to find that new. Well, you kind of shifted the hip on it too a little bit and it yeah, almost it, looks it's like an offset. offset. It's like, it, it is, it is slightly I, I think off, it's like 10 to freaking awesome. Well, I appreciate that. So do you mind if I ask why you've never been a huge strat guy? <laughs> you know, I, it's the way that they sit. I, I don't like the way that they sit on me. I don't yeah, like, yeah how the knobs are so close to, to my playing hand because I play, I play. They're rhythms. not as comfortable as a guitar. No, it's flat out. Not as comfortable. If I was, you know, doing the weedly weedly bits and stuff, I, I could probably <laughs> get into that because I'm, you know, all the switches are right there, but my, my hands are moving too much. And I, yeah, there's nothing about a strat that I like. I'm sorry. If you have a strat, I love that you love your strat. I just don't like them personally. You not, you not, you don't even like the neck pickup sound. I don't like any of it, but that's just me. That's just me. That's just me. Yeah. And I, and I'm not Mr. Blues guy either. I don't, I'm not really like into the blues. So I, I I don't even own a strap myself, honestly. And it's not because, but they're out of all of them. They, it probably is down fourth or fifth on my list. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. One of my favorite strat sounds of all time is, is a yellow Ledbetter Pearl jam. Mm. I mean, that track is, that sound is awesome. I, I I think totally yeah they well you know I, I think they do tend to be a little weak in the bridge pickup area. There's oh absolutely, people, and I can't ways stand that. Ways people have tried to fix that by putting like you know the Tele style um, uh, steel plate on the bottom to give it. Yeah, more, it doesn't uh, help. What, but- one of the biggest things I I feel like that helped is uh, like on my my Allianz well. I feel like if everyone checked out the the Allianza, they would they would probably come to find out that it's the accum, accum, accumul, accumulation accumulation whatever that was supposed to 
culmination. Um, it, it's it's just the the best of both worlds. Like I said, it's um, it's literally. I don't think you got to look at it from the right angle, but it's a true. You know, even even Fender has tried to do it, and they. They yeah. didn't do a very good job at it, which is sad because they're the ones that came up with the guitar. The double cut but, Telecaster, you mean? Ugh. But we, yeah, yeah. But if you if you go and look at my Alianza, it is actually a one hundred percent true half and half. Yeah, Tele and Stratocaster. Right. If you look at it right down the middle of the guitar, um, the top half is one hundred percent Strat down to the forearm contour the belly contour mm-hmm. the half inch radius around the top but then once you go right below the strap button um it it turns into 100 percent telly with the radius and then the shape is strat in the top strat telly on the bottom but it's got a strat neck pickup which besides todd i think everybody loves <laughs> and then it's got it's, it's a, telly, awesome. yeah. a telly bridge pickup which is you know, for in the single core world, probably one of the most popular. But then the bridge in my buddy Mark Rudders, who makes the best. If everybody's looking for hardware, they need to go check out Mark Rudders because he hand makes all the hardware himself in his shop, and it's second to none. But it's his steel block tremolo. And that thing looks awesome with with Telecaster saddles on there, and you would be surprised how much. Now, granted, it does also have a Tele bridge pickup in there, mm-hmm. but I've done that setup on one that had a Strat bridge pickup, and you'd be surprised how much those Tele saddles help the bridge position sound of a Strat. My question is, have you tried one of these guitars with an actual Tele bridge that surrounds that Tele pickup? And have you compared that to what you have here, which is without that steel that's surrounding that pickup? Uh, you mean like how the, like, kind of like the, the one in the, the, the Alianza that's, I have like on the site and stuff where the pickups mounted in the pick guard still. Exactly. Um, I, I, I haven't, so essentially you're saying no, but, and I, I'm definitely not going to say that, you know, a telly pickup is always going to sound best when it's surrounded by steel and it's natural habitat. Um, the the cool thing though the the thing that I was shooting for though is is putting that Tele Bridge pickup in that guitar still floating in a pickguard still gave it a ton of Tele Bridge character which I don't think anybody not too many people are going to complain about or say that you know a Tele Bridge pickup doesn't sound worlds better than a Strat one but having the still the ability to use to have a tremolo which you know, a lot of guys like, but then having yeah. the Telecaster saddles on there, it, it, uh, that, that guitar that I made, I've made several of them, but that one being the most recent one that's on the mm-hmm. homepage of my site is probably just the most absolute well-rounded sounding guitar I've ever played. You've just got the best of every world. It's even, and I even route it with a middle pickup slot underneath. So if somebody like later on wants to add, add, yeah, add a middle pickup, whether that be, you know, ideally, I feel like it'd probably be a strap pickup, but, um, you know, then once you start getting into three pickups, you've also, like Jared obviously knows too, you're starting to get into a lot of magnetic pull, which, you know, I, I feel like that's kind of another big reason why strats just don't sound as good as tellies, in my opinion, is just that amount of magnetic pull you have on those strings. That's why a good old classic Esquire will just roar like a beast because that one pickup gets full access to all the sound those strings are making right yeah full oscillation without any 
pull from yeah. anywhere else. Exactly. That's cool. Well, beautiful. Yeah, great looking guitars, man. Um, hope the hope we uh, are able to connect at some point in time. Um, and maybe we can, uh, you know, maybe we'll see you to one of the shows or something. We can actually, uh, handle them. Um, which is one of the, you know, uh, there's so many awesome builders and so many that we have to catch up with. And, and, um, it's just, it's a privilege getting to know another builder out there that is doing something that, uh, is, you know, I think interesting and, uh, can provide somebody like, the, the dream guitar that they want and the tone that they've been craving, you know? Yeah. Like I said, I, I appreciate that a ton. So like I said, it's, it's been awesome to talk to you guys too. And like I said, uh, I always love talking guitars and gear. So yeah, well <laughs> we do too. <laughs> Came to the right place. <laughs> yes. Uh, so with that, we're going to, um, well, actually let me ask you just really quick. Is there any, any kind of new earth shattering thing that you're working on that you want to share? I, 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 I would love to say that there is on it. Uh, well, that's actually not true. I, I'm actually in the process of building my very first um, true 335 style guitar, which oh. I've never done. I, I've done two, uh, one other guitar that looked like a 335, but it it wasn't true spec. It had a, a hollowed out core with a carved top and, and uh, back and front. But I, I'm actually in the middle of doing the first prototype of my first true 335 with the arch top and the laminated maple sides and the the matching back. So this is going to be a true like 335 style guitar that I'm hoping to have out sometime before the end of summer. Wow. Awesome. Well, make sure you keep us posted on that, okay? Yeah, for sure. Um, no and- name yet, but it'll probably be whatever 335 translates into Italian. <laughs> um, trace. trace. The closest thing you have on there, uh, which is still an outstanding looking guitar, is the Cavo. Yeah, yeah, that's that, and and that one's still that one comes in like two variations. You can get flat top and back, or you can get a a card version. So that that one's still not true three thirty five style, more just a yeah a, a very very nice hollow body. Well, what's interesting about that one is is you have a mastery bridge on it, which you don't often see in that kind of a guitar. It looks pretty cool, people. Yeah, I, I I don't know what made me do that in the first one. Uh, it it just it, it sounded great. Honestly, looks like, well, and it's di- it's different. It doesn't look like another. It doesn't look like other ones, which is cool. I appreciate. Yeah. That. Well, uh, we're going to uh, visit our buddy Jared. A uh, Jared Brandon. That's a me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time in this podcast that you are listening to, and I'm right about that. For our segment called Would You Rather? All right. Beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. This Would You Rather is from our uh, good old buddy, Brian Robinson, who is also an executive producer. And good old Tony Baloney will let you know how you can become one later on. But now, let's get back to the thing here. Lately, you've you've found yourself auditioning pedals at home since you can't go to the music store and try them in person, right? Because it's COVID time. It sucks. And luckily, your favorite music store has a generous return policy. So you've narrowed down your pedals to two boutique options, but you can only keep one of them because it's what you rather. They're both the same type of pedal and the same price, around 300 bucks. But one of them is the best at what it does. It's obvious on the first click that this is the best pedal 
you've ever had. The other pedal can get pretty close to the sound of the first one, and it's got some extra features that you really find useful. So it's got more bells and whistles, more this's and that's. So when you A-B the pedals against each other, the first one is clearly the superior sounding pedal, the one without all the bells and whistles. You're torn because you really love the extra features on the second, but you know it won't ever sound as good as the first one. Would you rather have the one that sounds super awesome or the one with the extra features? Oh, man. This one, I think he was just totally torpedoing me on this one because I suffer <laughs> from this. I, I, honestly, this is this is my worst nightmare. And so this, just so you know, this goes all the way back to when I'm six years old at the liquor store, um, which is not actually liquor. In California, they, they're all called huh? liquor stores. They're not corner stores. <laughs> Everything's a liquor uh, store. Okay. That explains a lot. Hold on, yeah. We have a little bit more backstory on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're just all, that's where you go. You, you go down and you get some candy, ride your bike and you get the candy at the liquor store. You get store. your licorice. Right. Licorice store. Anyways, <laughs> but, but sitting there and you're, you're like, we all know how, how great a, like a Hershey bar is or or um, uh, like a, a snicker bar, right? But as a kid, so like you know that's going to be good. But as a kid, I'm looking a at it. Milky Way. Shut it! And, or you go, <laughs> you go down there and you say, um, uh, "I want, I'm going to get a licorice rope because it's like four feet long," or "I want the marathon bar because it's long, it's bigger." The idea of having more almost always outweighs having good. <laughs> You're talking about quantity versus quality. So yeah. uh, th that's always been a struggle with me. So uh, anyways, all right, let's hear from G uh, Tony. Then we'll go to Jared and uh, then on to Lewis. I think I'm going to go with either the frozen Milky Way or the $100,000. <laughs> I think you'll bar. go with both of them if we're all being honest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it, for as long as I've been playing, I've owned many amps, guitars, pedals that do one thing really well. And to me, if that is, you know, whether it's the sound you're going for, the effect you're going for, that to me is worth the price of admission. The extra bells and whistles, nine times out of 10, you're not going to use them anyhow. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a pretty simple guy when it comes to whether it's an amp or a guitar or a pedal. I just like, if it does something really well, right out of the box without having to tweak it a whole heck of a lot, that's, that's, that's for me. So I okay. am going with that with a frozen Milky Way. Perfect. Jared. Yeah. I'll take the, you know, the ice cream snicker bar. Over anything else, you guys. Those are, are the best. Gonna really go with this, aren't you? Okay, the absolute <laughs> best, man. Frozen Snicker bar, ice cream bar. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, this is a little more tougher than I expected because I kind of like I like playing with the bells and whistles. I really do. But if I know that there is a pedal that's just gonna do the one thing, you know. Uh, super super awesomely well then i'm just gonna have to go with that because at the end of the day i mean at the end of the day the, the tone matters mm -hmm. the tone matters and that's and if that's what it is that's what it is i gotta have that one tone all right lewis 
Well, being a fellow alcoholic at the age of six years old, like Todd was, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with. No. Um, uh, I think hands down it's whatever, the one that does it better. I, I, I do not like bells and whistles or s- pedals that try and do so many things. That's why I, I can't get into multi-effect pedals or Kemper amps or, um, st- you know, I they're, they're fun, but... The, the fact that I know that they're really trying hard to do so many things well, but I don't know, to me, just never really perfected any one of them. I, I would much rather just have one that does it right and have multiple of everything else that does that one thing right. Hmm. How um, about you, Todd? <sighs> well, uh-huh. I have to say that if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, I will also do that. Um, I've had this conversation many times with, um, a, with a couple builder friends and, uh, I, you know, it's just been one of those situations where I'm like, I don't necessarily want all the extra stuff. The trick is that there are things that I want that would could potentially be considered extra stuff, but that is why I would be getting the pedal. So that might count as that's what I want it to do. And it's not that extra. Sounds so selfish, Todd. And, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with like, it does the thing right. I'm going to go with that. Yay, too. All it's right. unanimous. That's the first that we really we haven't had in. too many of those. All right. Um, well, uh, we're going to just jump over to Tony and he's going to help us thank a handful of people and then we'll be out skis. A handful? Oh, more than a handful. At this point in the show, there's a very special group of people that we like to thank that help make this possible. The podcast I'm referring to, of course. Mm-hmm. We like to call them our executive producers. And someone might be wondering, well, what, why, why do they call them that and how do I become one? I want you to go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Once you're there, you'll see a couple of different ways in which you can participate in each level has, oh my God, just great things. Things like stickers and barefoot buttons and t-shirts and keychains uh, and picks keychains and, and picks and all kinds of stuff. Whoa, did you say giveaways, Todd? I yes. Giveaways. Absolutely did. We just gave away a, a couple of awesome pedals, but the top of the heap is the executive producer level because in addition to all that great stuff, there's one very special thing that happens. And Jared, right. what is that? Get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read <laughs> on the thing. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Special, special thanks to some of these. I, I've been saying these names for so long, I actually don't need the list anymore. <laughs> I know. Because this is great, and we appreciate that. And that's, that's a, a, I mean, to me. They're that, our family. You know, yeah, they are like the family. They're friends and family. So, special thanks to Mr. Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Ken Zayers, or Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge. Chris Heidel, John Esterly, Tim Nowak, Doug Gann, 
Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Liam Martin, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys. Oh, yes. And how about Richard Kendall? Yes. Oh, but wait. Yes. I think there is just a, a, just a hair above that. There's a, there's a group that That's we like right. to call our Grand Poobas. Yes, we do. And, and if we were the if we were Disneyland, is. these would be the people that get to that, that get to go into Club Thirty Three. Anybody knows that they That's know. Right. Uh, All right, Club Thirty Three. Clever. So our Grand Poobas are our Fez wearing brethren. A big tip of the Fez to them: Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Sean S. Tommy Manasco, and Mark Garten. Yes. And Mark, keep an eye on your mailbox because there's something very special coming to you. Correct, Amundo. You got some... Stimulus check. (laughs) (laughs) It's the next best thing. It is. It is a stimulus check of sorts, yes. Um, Anyways, yeah, thank you guys so very much. Truly, truly appreciate it. We love saying your names. We love communicating with you. Um, so thank you. Um, everybody needs to go and check out Lewis's uh, guitars here at Cero Guitars, S-C-E-R-O, guitars.co. Uh, all right? Yeah, and, and, and that's my user tag for pretty much all the social media. Um, the, the website actually might be... That's where you can get pricing and stuff, but the website actually might be the most behind with the latest stuff I've made and all that. But um, yeah, the Cerro Guitars is for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, MySpace. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have a I don't, I don't have a MySpace, but now I feel like I should. How about you? How about your AOL website? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you You've go got, and look for me on, I, I'm, we're all over Ask Jeeves. <laughs> yeah. your uh your instagram uh is really great um just Thank you. so make sure people go check out the instagram especially uh what do i see there what do i see a little double cut action hello that's like man that's outstanding i love that i i really like a proper double cut like that oh um, that's the dog the dog with, hair one. with the dog hair that yeah one. Yeah, that's uh, and the real dog as an example. I know, outstanding. I'm kind of, I'm kind of partial to the uh, anodized aluminum guards. Yeah, yeah, those are those should be back uh, in the next week or so from anodizing. Those are getting anodized at a place up in Colorado Springs. Yeah, oh, that, cool. That's not an easy thing yeah. to do, as as we understand. No, I, so. I, I tried. I searched it one time and I felt like it, somehow my mind was starting to like wrap around putting a blow dryer in a bathtub that that somehow did it. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't work guys. You no. Know, well, and the weird thing is, I mean, I grew up doing BMX and stuff and everything was anodized. Everything was anodized. Amen. So did I. Yeah. So how do you, how is there not anodized anymore? I don't understand. Anyways. That's, yeah. It's I totally not for forgot me about to it. understand. I, I, I grew up with BMX too. And I totally forgot that I knew I had heard that word before. And yeah, it used to be yeah. tons of BMX stuff. Yeah. That's what they would. That's what the words are anodized. And we were like, Ooh, I need that anodized <laughs> stuff. I, I need to do that. Yeah. Uh, dryer in a bathtub. <laughs> right. That's right. So make sure you check out uh, his stuff. Tony, where can people find your stuff? 
Uh, let's just say you need a special guard or you're changing out pickups or who knows what you need. I do. That's me. Go to PickGuardian.com and just check out some of the things that I have available for sale there. A lot of what I do is not listed on the website, so if it's something special or you don't see it, special materials, email. special materials, but shoot me an email. Let me know what you need. I will give you pricing. We can talk about any other features, uh, but go over to PickGuardian.com. If you want to check out some of the special projects, uh, I usually list those over on Instagram at PickGuardian and the number one. Cool. Jared? Well, if anybody needs some new pickups, new pickups that look old to match your old guitar, whatever you need, give me an email and we'll talk about it and we'll get it going for you. Yes. And look at my cool stuff on Instagram, too. I'm always <laughs> posting weird stuff that I don't have on my website on Instagram. So go to the website and go to Instagram and see all sorts of fun stuff. Go to both because they sound great. Great sound and pickups. Thank you. You can shoot me a mail, Todd at theguitarnobs.com. Uh, you can also DM me on Instagram at guitarnobs. We would love to hear what you're doing in your guitar world. We'd love to hear if you guys can send us some would you rathers. We love getting those. Um, and just generally just share what you're all about. That's cool, man. Lewis, thank you so much for joining our show tonight. It was a pleasure having you on. Um, and I hope people really get into uh, what you're doing. I appreciate it, too, man. Honestly, thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. You bet. Yeah, it was great. You bet. All right, everybody. Have a great guitar week and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. All right, shut it. Wow. Seriously. All right. That was that was worth holding out for. Oh boy. I farted in my car today and I thought the paint was gonna come off. You have Two a handfuls. pretty big hand. Is that a fact? That's you, Lewis. It is me. And gentlemen, anything from you guys? I don't think what, so. What, what time think... do we start? What, yeah. What? Yeah. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarnobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.